as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth. It was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get rolling at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the final morning, 31st and final morning of the month of August in the year of our Lord 2020. And that's good news because this year, of course, cannot possibly, uh, cannot possibly get over with fast enough. Uh, 2020 has just been a disaster. The only thing that's going to save 2020 from being a complete and utter, maybe going down as the worst year in recorded history, or at least in all of our lifetimes, the only thing that can save it is November 3rd if we reelect President Donald J. Trump. You reelect Joe Biden to destroy the future of this country in 2020 officially becomes the worst year in recorded American history. Uh, coming up on the program today, in about an hour, we're going to talk to uh, a voice you haven't heard for a little while. Dr. Ron Martinelli is a forensic uh, criminologist. He is an expert in police-involved shootings. Uh, he is uh, really one of the foremost in the country, and he's going to join us to break down what happened in Kenosha, specifically the shooting of Jacob Blake and then the shooting done by Jacob Rittenhouse uh, in uh, the riots, uh, some say in self-defense, some say in cold-blooded murder. Uh, we're going to look at it from a forensic standpoint with an expert in the field. And we're also going to talk about what's going on in Portland and other American cities as a result of all of this. So that's coming up at 1010 this morning. And as a matter of fact, yes, that is how we start the show today. We are going to talk about the violence continuing to go on in America. Another black life that doesn't matter to Black Lives Matter has been taken. Officer Tamaris L. Bohannon in St. Louis becomes the second black uh, St. Louis police officer to be murdered by anarchists with Black Lives Matter and Antifa in just uh, three months. The first one, of course, you know, was David Dorn. Captain David Dorn was shot and killed while he was protecting property, a business owner. Uh, in St. Louis in the aftermath of the George Floyd situation at the end of May. And Captain David Dorn was killed, and Black Lives Matter did not say his name. His life was irrelevant because he was a police officer. Murdered in cold blood, nobody cared. If ever you need a reason 
to explain to someone why you do not support the Black Lives Matter organization, you say the words David Dorn to them. Because if Black Lives Mattered, they would have been screaming Black Lives Matter and David Dorn's Black Life Mattered. They would be saying, say his name. But they don't give a rat's behind about actual black lives. It is a political movement. It is not one about social justice. Now say the name Tamaris Bohannon as well. And there have been others. But these are just a little more high profile and also they happen in the same city. But last night, 29-year-old Tamaris Bohannon died a little more than 24 hours after he was shot in the head while responding to a call for a shooting on the city's south side. Here is a hero, a black man sworn to protect and serve the people of his community, trying to take care of his wife and his three children, two sons and a daughter, all of them younger than 10. He'll never be able to go home to those children again. Because he was murdered in St. Louis. And I promise you LeBron James does not know the name of Tamaris Bohannon any more than he knows the name of David Dorn. Because these black lives don't matter. Police officers are going to the job every day terrified about what they're going to encounter because they are not allowed to use force to protect and defend themselves. If they do, people want them to be uh, tried and thrown in prison. And if they don't use force, then they end up being killed. And yet we are told that this is a social justice and a racial justice movement in America. It is nothing of the sort. The NBA... As you know, we talked about this on Friday's program, had a couple of nights off in their little playoffs. They said, we're not playing because we want to draw attention to racial injustice in America because Jacob Blake was shot. Major League Baseball did the same thing. At least some teams did not uh, uh, play. NFL teams in training camp suspended their practices all to call attention to the shooting of Jacob Blake and racial justice in America. Black people are terrified, LeBron James declared, terrified to even go outside because they're in so much danger from white people and from police officers. This is what the National Basketball Association wants you to believe, that black people in America are in dire circumstances. They are in grave danger because of Trump's America. Black people are being targeted by police. Black people are being targeted by white people. We're boycotting to draw attention to this, they said. The problem for LeBron James and the rest of the NBA that is continuing to repeat that lie is that the statistics do not lie. We are scared as black people in America, black men, black women, black kids. We are terrified, LeBron James said. Described by the liberal hacks at MSESPN as a powerful message on what it's like to be African-American in America. This is what LeBron James said going into the weekend. The problem, again, with that is that it is entirely 
wholly and completely false. LeBron James was called out by Larry Elder, the great sage of South Central, who responded to this powerful message as described by MSCSPN with the truth, tweeting, quote, Cops kill two times as many whites as they do blacks. Cops kill at least many as many unarmed, unarmed whites as they do unarmed blacks. In the USA, half of the homicide victims are black, almost all killed by blacks. The number one cause of preventable death for white males is accidents. The number one cause of death for black males is homicide by blacks. That's from Larry Elder, who, in case you forgot, is a black man. But he is an alert black man. He is a man, as featured in his movie Uncle Tom, along with a whole bunch of other tremendous African-American conservatives, refuse to tell the lie about the black experience in America. And they refuse to be intimidated and bullied into not being independent thinkers. They refuse to become what Joe Biden wants black people to be, what Joe Biden thinks black people are. All of single-mindedness, all of the same ideology, all of the same habits and attitudes toward everything. You remember what Joe Biden said. It wasn't a mistake. He didn't misspeak when Joe Biden said that black people all think alike. This was not an accident. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Not black people, though. Same attitudes about the same things. They're all alike. Well, the movie Uncle Tom, by the way, which you should watch, if you have not yet watched, it will change your view on a lot of things. Watch Uncle Tom at UncleTom.com and save money with the promo code Cleveland when you do it, by the way. So that's what Larry Elder put, put out there to respond to LeBron James. Just a couple of very small facts. As LeBron James tries to tell everybody that it's just so dangerous being black in America that they're terrified. Black men and women and children in America are terrified of police and white people. That's just the very tiny tip of the iceberg that Larry Elder gave because it was Twitter and he was limited in character count, right? Well, you know who's not limited in character account, uh, character uh, accounts? The Bureau of Justice. And the Bureau of Justice Statistics are very, very thorough and very, very clear about who should be afraid of whom in the United States of America. When it comes to race and interracial crime in America, that means white-on-black crime or black-on-white crime, interracial crime. One particular demographic should be terrified, and it's not the demographic that LeBron James claims. I will share that very important and very detailed, not opinionated, simple, factual information with you from the Bureau of Justice Statistics in the federal government in the DOJ. And these are statistics compiled during the Obama era, mostly. But then we also bring them current in 2018, 2019. So I don't want to hear anybody saying, well, this is the DOJ of, of Donald Trump. They probably lied. Really? 
did the Obama Department of Justice under Eric Holder and then under Loretta Lynch lie? When you hear these statistics, you tell me who should be terrified about being what color they are in the United States of America. We're not going to let this drop. We're going to kill this narrative as quickly Heart as we possibly can. Heartbreak for the can. St. Louis Metropolitan Police. That should not have happened. That's a pop-up. Sorry about that. But uh, uh, in all seriousness, we are going to kill that narrative with statistics that are un. Deniable coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420 The Answer. Yeah, I really kind of do feel like I'm on a crazy train with the way this uh, the news is breaking in the United States right now. The news that somehow, some way, this extraordinarily racist country has made it intolerable for African Americans. That black people are being hunted in the United States. That's the narrative of LeBron James, who led a league-wide boycott of their playoff games over the course of the last three or four days. They picked them up again yesterday. Um. The statistics are not ambiguous. The statistics are not debatable. The Bureau of Justice Statistics tell a very different story. The people at Frontline Magazine collected all of this in June. So this is current, okay? This is June of 2020. This was in response, of course, to the riots that broke out after the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis and the Ahmaud Arbery killing in Atlanta, if you recall these stories. Or Glynn County, Georgia, to be precise. If you remember what happened, in an interview after the Arbery shooting, Al Sharpton, Reverend Al, the chief racial arsonist in America today, exhorted members of the black community to sustain their indignation vis-a-vis the Arbery case for as long as possible. In other words, keep rioting as long as you can. Portraying the Georgia killing as an extension of racist American violence, dating back to slavery. Quote, it was expected that if you saw a black that you would suspect he was a runaway slave and you had a runaway slave laws that they would use that to hunt down blacks for vigilante groups, the KKK and others, all the way up until the modern era, he said. Oprah Winfrey chimed in likewise, characterizing Ahmaud Arbery's death as a consequence of intransigent white racism. Quote, he went out for a jog while being black. I wonder what he was thinking in those last seconds of his life, unimaginable to go for a run in 2020 and end up dead because of the color of your your skin, end quote. The narrative here being painted by the American left is that being black in America is dangerous because you have police and white people all out hunting you. Let's take a look at the Bureau of Justice, Justice Statistics and find out if one race in this country has to be afraid of another. Which one should it be? Looking at homicides that involved whites and blacks, going back now, I want to do this. This is what uh, Frontline Magazine did, and I want to explain this. During 2012 and 2013, these are during the Obama years. The Obama Department of Justice was headed up by Eric Holder and then by Loretta Lynch. Not coincidentally, two African Americans at the top of the DOJ. And it is that DOJ that provides the BJS, the Bureau of Justice Statistics that I'm about to share with you. So I don't want anybody accusing anybody of cooking the books. These are Obama's numbers. 
During those two years, white killers nationwide targeted white victims approximately 93% of the time. Black victims were killed by white people 7% of the time. Meanwhile, black killers targeted black victims 84% of the time and white victims 15.3% of the time, meaning black people were more likely to kill white people by, by twice as much. They are twice as likely, 15.3% to 7%, than white people were to kill black people. But violence in America crosses racial lines much more frequently when the crimes in question are not just homicide, but rape, robbery, and assault. Violent crimes in 2012 and 2013, the same two years. Blacks in the United States committed an annual average of 560,600 violent crimes against white people. Whites committed a yearly average of 99,403 violent crimes against blacks. In other words, blacks were the attackers in about 85% of all violent crimes involving blacks and whites. Whites were the attackers 15 percent of the time lebron james tell me again how terrifying it is to be black in america tell me again how black women black men black children are all scared of white people and police you want more okay i got more when white offenders committed crimes of violence excluding homicide against either whites or blacks in 2012 2013 they targeted white victims 95.8 percent of the time They targeted black victims 4% of the time. By contrast, when black offenders committed crimes of violence against whites or blacks in 2012-2013, Obama era, they targeted white victims 48% of the time and black victims 51% of the time. I got more. If we factor into the equation the relative size of America's white and black populations... We find statistically any given black person in the years 2012-2013 was about 27 times more likely to attack a white than a white was to attack a black person. Not twice as many times, not three times as many times, not 10 times more like 27 times. Let's bring it current now. In more recent years, The disproportionate prevalence of black-on-white crime has only gotten worse. According to the Bureau of Justice Justice Statistics, the DOJ, in 2018, there were 593,000-plus interracial violent victimizations between blacks and whites. Blacks committed 537,204 of those interracial felonies, meaning when one race attacks the other or 90.4% of them. Whites committed 56,000 plus of those, about 9.5% of those. Moreover, when white offenders committed crimes of violence against either whites or blacks in 2018, they targeted white people, meaning their own race, 97.3% of the time. They went after black victims just 2.6% of the time. By contrast, when black offenders committed violent crimes against either whites or blacks in 2018, they targeted white victims 58% of the time 
and went after black victims 42% of the time. And also according to Justice Department data, African Americans in 2018 were overrepresented among the perpetrators of offenses classified as hate crimes by a whopping 50%. Whites, by just 24%. These numbers are staggering. If America were teeming with white racism as alleged by LeBron James, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, Al Sharpton, Oprah Winfrey, CNN, NBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, those guilty of interracial crime would be disproportionately white. But instead, the exact opposite of true. Thus, the enormous amount of attention given to white-on-black attacks, which are statistically rare in the United States, in this supposedly systemically racist country, is an obscene and senseless absurdity. The notion of ubiquitous white racism manifesting itself in unacceptably high levels of white violence against blacks is one of the most destructive and monstrously evil lies of our time creating levels of racial mistrust and animosity that are wholly, not partially, wholly unwarranted. These are the facts of the case, ladies and gentlemen, and they are not disputable. I'll be right back. All right, 937, the Bob France Authority, continuing on AM 1420. The answer phone lines are open at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Racial arson is what I like to call it. You know, it's kind of funny. I used to use that term in a figurative sense. I used to say it's racial arson what Al Sharpton is doing in this country. It's racial arson what the American left is doing to this country and trying to divide us and trying to make us hate one another, trying to make hate crimes stick where they didn't happen in order to uh, advance their narratives. Um, but now it's kind of weird to say racial arson because it's literal, not figurative. It's literal arson. American cities are on fire. And those fires have been lit by the American left and by anti-American leftists, anti-American Marxists, those who proudly proclaim, them, uh, proclaim themselves to be Marxists, including the founders and leadership of BLM, Black Lives Matter. They're burning America city by city. And now they're killing Americans in the same way with the same reasoning. And guess who is supporting every single bit of their endeavors? The mainstream far-left media. I'm staring at a screen right now, or my screen, which is the... Uh, I have CNN Politics, CNN.com page up. This was posted yesterday at 5.50 p.m., okay? Not five days ago when CNN was caught literally during a live broadcast changing their Chiron from violent protests to just protests. On the bottom of the screen when they were covering one of the Portland and Seattle riots, I don't even remember which one it was, but there was violence happening behind them. Buildings were on fire. And the screen said uh, uh, police or protests or whatever it was uh, in, in violent 
uh, uh, violent protests in uh, in Seattle or Portland. Again, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the exact wording because it's not the exact wording that matters. What is important is what they did. It's literally on screen. Tucker Carlson showed this, and it was online for, for days. The Chiron changed from violent protests to just protests. They took the word violent out, I believe is what it was. It's because they didn't want to, they didn't want people to think that, you know, what's going on was violence. This is peaceful. Their narrative has been for a long time peaceful protests. Also, a few days ago, you may recall this, um, CNN had another Chiron across their screen with fires blazing in the background that said a little, what was it, a little fiery or a little, boy, I really wish I could remember these off the top of my head the way I kind of think I can sometimes. But it was something to the effect of a little fiery, but protests mostly peaceful. Memes were created because if CNN, and I posted one of them, this is why I'm thinking of it. I posted one of them on Facebook. Memes were created. There was a, a photo of uh, the, the Pearl Harbor attack uh, by the Japanese and uh, the Chiron, CNN News. If CNN, CNN existed in 1941, it would have said, Japanese flyover, mostly peaceful. Uh, because that's how they view things. There's another one that was made, made with CNN. Now, this has all been happening in the last several days, right? There was another one you can see on, uh, online of 9-11 and the towers burning in the background. CNN reporter in the foreground saying, a little smoky, but uh, mostly peaceful protests. Or, or mostly peaceful, I think is what it was. So while I may be butchering these a little bit, you understand the point. CNN has become an, a national laughingstock because they refuse to tell the truth about what's going on when it comes to the violence. A little fire, but mostly peaceful. A little smoky, but mostly peaceful. Uh, you know, Japanese flyover, uh, mostly peaceful. So this has all been going on, and do they learn their lesson ever? No, they don't. Because the screen I'm staring at right now of CNN is an article, analysis by Chris Saliza, CNN editor-at-large. And the photograph on the screen, now this is yesterday, 550, have they learned a thing by being mocked mercilessly for their extraordinarily ridiculous coverage? No. The photograph is a building on fire with firefighters and police officers in the foreground. The, I mean, the entire building is engulfed in flames. Now, I don't know if that particular building is Portland or Seattle. I think it's Portland, but it's engulfed. I mean, it's the kind of picture, it's night, and so the flames are even that much more uh, contrasted to the dark skies. It's just lighting up the dark skies with flames from a burning building. Right? Police in the foreground looking away from it. The headline on CNN protests or riots? It makes a big difference. Capital letters, big difference. He writes an article claiming that the right wing conservatives, Donald Trump, are lying about the protests being riots. They wrote an article literally claiming that these are not riots, they're protests, and they put a picture of a fully engulfed building in a riot zone uh, on the screen with them. It's, it's just impossible. Listen to the way they word it. To hear Trump and his allies tell it, the situations unfolding in Portland, Oregon, and Kenosha, Wisconsin, in response to several high-profile shootings by the police of black men, is rioting, plain and simple. 
Uh, in the strongest possible terms, the Republican Party condemns the rioting, looting, arson, and violence we have seen in Democrat-run cities all, all like Kenosha, Minneapolis, Portland, Chicago, New York, and many others. Democrat-run. At a rally in New Hampshire Friday night, Trump even went further saying, you know what I say about those protesters? Protesters, your ass. I don't talk about my ass. They're not protesters. Those are anarchists. Those are agitators. They're rioters and they're looters. This is what the president said. I'm not trying to swear casually on the radio. I'm quoting him. And then CNN writes, Trump's efforts to label what is happening in major cities as riots speaks at least somewhat to his desperation, politically speaking, at the moment. Peaceful protests dominated the news. Race relations jumped in importance in voters' minds, and support for Black Lives Matter movement rose to majority, writes CNN's Harry Enten. Trump, sensing the race is slipping from him, has latched on to the events following the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha as not of peaceful protest, but of radical leftists rioting and destroying cities. They literally use a burning building set by violent anarchists, a fire set by violent anarchists as part of their riots as the backdrop for telling us the riots aren't happening. You understand what CNN and the mainstream media have become, particularly CNN. Do you understand what they have become? They have literally become Baghdad Bob. Do you remember Baghdad Baghdad Bob? The reporter in Iraq in 2003, when President, uh, 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 President Bush ordered the uh, troops to go in and remove Saddam Hussein, do you remember the reporting from Baghdad Bob? Baghdad Bob was on camera talking about how the Republican guard of Saddam Hussein was driving out the invaders. Uh, they're, 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 all, they're all fleeing uh, because of the incredible might of, of uh, you know, Saddam Hussein's forces, etc., etc., etc. He said this in front of Baghdad being bombed by uh, the Allied Forces, not the Allied Forces, we should call them the Coalition Forces. These were Coalition of the Willing, nations that joined us in that Iraq uh, campaign. But literally, Baghdad is just being torn asunder behind him. Saddam Hussein's people are fleeing, and he's talking about what a what tremendous victory it's been for Saddam Hussein's forces against the invaders. That's CNN today. That's not just CNN, that's also the leftist elected officials in these demon rat cities uh, whose water they carry. Talking about people like Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler yesterday afternoon held a press conference along with the chief, chief of police in Portland, who's perhaps the most useless person in, this, in the city, not because of his, you know, his fault, but because the uh, mayor won't allow him and his forces to do their jobs, and the district attorney. At the beginning of the press conference, Mayor Ted Wheeler, who has been just about as weak and inept and beta as any American mayor has ever been, and yeah, that would probably include Lori Lightfoot and David or uh, Bill de Blasio, Ted Wheeler at the beginning of the conference denounced the violence and called for an end to it, then proceeded to blame the one man who has been trying to send federal troops into that city to stop the violence for causing it. Ted Wheeler actually decided to blame Donald Trump for it. As we proceed along these, proceed to uh, engage in that hard work together. Yesterday's events began with hundreds of cars filled with supporters of the president rallying in Clackamas County and then driving through downtown Portland.
they were supported and energized by the president himself. President Trump, for four years, we've had to live with you and your racist attacks on black people. We learned early about your sexist attitudes towards women. We've had to endure clips of you mocking a disabled man. We've had to listen to your anti-democratic attacks on journalists. We've read your tweets slamming private citizens to the point of receiving death threats. And we've listened to your attacks on immigrants. We've listened to you label Mexicans rapists. We've heard you say that John McCain wasn't a hero because he was a prisoner of war. And now you're a He's about one for ten there. He's about one for ten. The McCain uh, insult was real. That was the only one that was accurate. He was one for ten in that little listing. But go on, Mayor Wheeler. Please tell us once again, Baghdad Bob. Backing Democratic mayors and the very institutions of democracy that have served this nation well since its founding. Do you seriously wonder, Mr. President, why this is the first time in decades that America has seen this level of violence? It's you who have created the hate and the division. Um, It should be pointed out two things. Number one, at the very beginning of those remarks by Baghdad Bob Ted Wheeler, that he said Trump supporters were driving through the city in a caravan, driving through Portland. You notice what he did not say? He did not say that those Trump supporters got out of their cars and smashed Portland businesses' windows. He did not say that Trump supporters burned Portland to the ground. He did not say that Trump supporters assaulted random people. He did not say that Trump supporters looted businesses. They merely drove through the town expressing support for the president. In other words, they were the only ones who were actually peaceful in what we are being told are peaceful protests. The only smashing, the only assaulting, the only looting, the only arson that is going on is being going, is going on and being carried out by Antifa and Black Lives Matter supporters. And the only place they are doing it in are these big, urban-centered, Democratic-run cities. The same Democrat-run cities that have been uh, run by these same Democrat policies, not for a year or two, but for decades. Liberal Democrat cities breed this type of violence, this type of attitude, this type of race, racial divide, they breed it. There is no other way to explain it. You cannot call it coincidence that the same cities run by the same party, the same leaders, the same councils, are all the ones that are on fire. It's not coincidence that Minneapolis, and Portland, and Seattle, and Oakland, and New York, and Atlanta, and Chicago, and Los Angeles... It's not just a coincidence that these are all Democrat-run cities with Democrat-run policies keeping people impoverished, keeping people uh, beholden to the government. 
for handouts for their very survival, blaming other people for their problems, but we're pushing back against them. You're only poor and in bad schools because of evil, white, systemically racist Republicans. Will we allow you to go to a different school of your choice? No. Will we help you get your educations? No, we'll just continue to give you free housing and free food. Just keep voting for us. It's not a coincidence that these same cities that have done this for all these years are the ones that are on fire. No Republican-run cities. No red states dealing with all of this. All liberal Democrat-run cities, and yet this man, Baghdad Bob, is going to stand there and tell you it's all because of Donald Trump. Baghdad Bob at CNN, Baghdad Bob in the mayor's office, mayor's offices, plural, throughout this country, and guess what? I got bad news for all of them. We're not that stupid. We know our history, and we can take a look and see with our own eyes what is going on. And when you're standing in front of a burning building and telling me it's just a peaceful protest... Well, I think we can figure it out. I'll be right back. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. So in the uh, peaceful protests of Portland yesterday, a Trump supporter and a prayer warrior was killed. A prayer, patriot prayer rather is what they were called, a patriot prayer uh, backer was shot and killed. In a clip posted to Twitter by reporter Andy No, who has been personally attacked violently by Antifa in Portland, a female speaker can be heard addressing the crowd in downtown Portland with a bullhorn. She said the community there can function without the police or without local government. And as it pertains to the death of the Patriot prayer backer who was killed Saturday night, She said she was glad, actually. Quote, I am not sad that a blanking fascist died tonight. She said earlier in her speech, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. If y'all are not with me, y'all are not paying attention. And I am not sad that a blanking fascist died tonight. If that's not the, the worst of this, and by the way, the, the dead man, again, a uh, supporter of the Patriot Prayer Group, which is as peaceful as peaceful gets. They pray, and that's it. If that's not the worst of it, the worst of it probably happened in Kenosha, where a Kenosha activist there didn't just declare that he was not sad that somebody was killed by Antifa and Black Lives Matter in Portland, He declared that it's time for us to kill one of yours. This black Kenosha, Wisconsin activist declared open season on white people. Saying it's if you kill one of us, it's time for us to kill one of yours. Speaking, of course, about Jacob Blake being shot in his defiance of lawful police orders and his threat to police and perhaps his children by refusing his or- their orders and reaching into the car for Lord knows what. That means that 
It is open season for black people to kill a random white person to perhaps even the score. This is happening in real time. This is very dangerous. And it is something that I am calling on every law-abiding American citizen who is a believer in your Second Amendment rights to take serious note of. If you are not prepared to defend yourself and your family in this time, then you are doing a disservice to your family and to your community. And when I say that, I want to be very clear. Defending yourself, not instigating confrontation, but self-defense. Because I have not heard one word from one liberal Democrat denouncing that threat by a Black Lives Matter member in Kenosha, Wisconsin, to kill, quote, one of yours in retaliation for Jacob Blake. That is something that you had better be alert, alerted to. All right, we're coming up on the 10 o'clock news. We're going to get that and on the other side. We're going to go more in-depth on the violence that is plaguing this country by looking closely at one of the incidents that is responsible for it, the shooting of Jacob Blake by police officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Dr. Ron Martinelli is a forensic criminologist. He is an expert at police-involved shootings, having testified at, researched, and testified at countless trials involving these types of situations. He will give us his expert analysis of that and more coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer.